Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where at Evangelical Encounters, the Restoration. I'm your host, Stephen Pinecker, and I'm very excited to have a guest here that I actually, uh, we met at the Mormon History Association last year. We, we have a brief recollection of meeting each other, so it was just a real brief thing, but um, I just want to welcome onto the show um, Christine, right? It's Christine, right? Aglin. And uh, I want to just thank you so much for coming on the program. I'm just going to give you a background on Christine. Is, uh, holds a degree in German studies and German literature from Harvard and the University of Michigan, former editor of Dialogue. Um, she is a freelance editor it, relating to uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She's a series editor of the Neil Maxwell Institute's series of brief theological introductions to the Book of Mormon and a member of the board of BCC Press. Her book, Eugene England, a Mormon liberal, and I hope to get that soon, was published in 2021 as the inaugural volume in the University of Illinois Press's series on Mormon thinkers. She lives with her husband in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, welcome to the program. Thanks. Nice to be here. So real quick, folks, I just have a, a little couple of housekeeping items that I want to talk about. I have the contest for this book giveaway for these two books written by Jonathan Neville. Um, to enter, just uh, contact me at mormonbookreviews.gmail, oh wait, mormonbookreviews at gmail.com and send your entry that way. Also, I want to announce to everybody that our merch store is open. So I just got this in the mail yesterday. And so you just go to mormonbookreviews.com to purchase items. Uh, and I just want to give a shout out to somebody else's product I've purchased. And that is Rick Bennett's Gospel Tangents, who was the reason why I attended the Mormon History Association last year. And I have to tell you, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I was we were talking off camera about Barbara Brown, uh, who no longer is the executive director. But I want you to talk a little bit about the conference that's coming up. Um, and just, uh, first of all, I, this, this is the first question I have for you. How long have you been with the MHA? Um, I am not officially affiliated with MHA. I, Claudia Bushman is the president of MHA this year and the president appoints her program committee. And, uh, Claudia sent me an email and said, I was surprised to be asked to be the president of the Mormon History Association this year, but I believe when someone asks you to do something, you should say yes. Will you be the program co-chair with my husband Richard? <laughs> I couldn't really say no. So that is the the very short story of my affiliation with MHA. Although I have been and um, presented a few times and probably gone to at least five or six conferences in the past. Wow, that's great. And so uh, now this is interesting. Is you're getting, I just want to ask a little bit about your background that you would share. So you never was raised or born or raised in Utah, but you are a lifelong Mormon with a long lineage, right? Yes, um, my father, my father's family goes back several generations in, in um, Mormonism, although uh, my grandfather was raised in New York City. So I also have some outside of Utah um, Mormon history. Uh, and yeah, my family just has never happened to live in Utah. I've lived in uh, North Carolina and uh, New Mexico and Tennessee. Um, mostly, and then in Boston after college. And well, I, I, my kids were all raised in Boston. So uh, lots of Utah connections, but I've never actually lived there. And you had mentioned to me that it actually was being outside of Utah, you felt was enriching to your Mormon faith as well. Yeah, um, a lot of the things that I love about Mormonism have to do with um, being a minority religion. Um, I in high school particularly, I, I went to high school in Nashville and grew up with lots of evangelical friends and um, being asked hard questions by them and having a chance to 
to learn to articulate what Mormon doctrine is about, what I found appealing, and then also to have a chance to learn from them. Um, I was telling you, you know, for instance, that um, they know the Pauline epistles and the New Testament much better than most Mormon kids did, at least. And so, um, you know, spending time with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and other study groups with my friends, I really felt like I learned a lot of things that um, that deepened my sense of Christianity and um, and enriched the perspective that I grew up with in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So this channel is about the convergence of an evangelical and engaging the restoration. I I'm just curious. Uh, You're a lot friendlier than sometimes. Okay. So that's <laughs> Those engagements were in high school. How have been how have been your interactions with with evangelicals? Uh, mostly very good. Um, but you know in high school kids are still figuring out um, what they think and and um, and you know, I was in high school in the '80s, which was sort of the height of countercult um, movement among evangelicals. And so, I think, out of sincere concern for the state of my soul, um, people pretty regularly told me that you know I, I needed to be very worried about hell and um, the state of the state of my faith if I didn't change. So, you know, sometimes they were a little bit zealous, I would say. Got it, got it. Well, one of the reasons I'm, um, I'm interviewing you is because I originally was talking with Carrie Ann, who's the new uh, executive director of the Mormon History Association. Maybe talk a little bit about her. Yeah, so um, Carrie Ann just finished up her doctorate in um, religion at Rice University, and uh, her dissertation was on uh, religion in the Franco-American war, sort of how religious people perceived that war, I think. Um, you should have her on at some point and ask her to tell you more precisely. I, I may be butchering her, her topic. Um, but she's a super interesting person, has been in the army, runs several businesses of her own. She's, she's just the whole, the whole thing. She knows everything and can do everything. And she has been working flat out to organize this conference and doing a stellar stellar job of sort of taking over midstream because she she just started in March, I guess, yeah. when um, Barbara moved over to Signature Books. So she's been running 100 miles an hour since then. So just so you know, we, we originally was going to, I was originally going to have her, but because of organizing for the conference going to be too much, but folks, she will be coming on probably sometime in June or July. So you all get to know her. Of course, you get to know her at the Mormon History Association as well. She's much more fun than I am. So <laughs> look forward to that. So, and I just wanted to give a shout out to Barbara Brown, who, um, you know, just made me feel so welcome and at home at last year's Mormon History Association. I wouldn't wish her well uh, taking over the realm of uh, the helm of signature books. So uh, maybe speak to her about her for a second, too. Yeah, um, so I met Barbara, oh gosh, 20 years ago, maybe we went to a um, exponent retreat together and we drove up from Boston together. So we had several hours in the car and um, you know, just talked like we were old friends. And she, um, you know, I thought she was my, I thought it was me, you know, that she had just become my best friend because I was so wonderful. But it turns out the more people I talk to, the more I realize everyone has that experience with Barbara. Um, she's just warm and wonderful and really knowledgeable about Mormon history, um, not afraid to ask the hard questions, um, but just committed and um, interested in everything and everyone related to Mormonism. I think she's a wonderful asset to our community. 
shout out to Barbara Brown. You're, you're the bomb, and I'm looking forward to having you on soon as well. So let's talk about this year's Mormon History Association. Uh, it takes uh, Tell us where it takes place, uh, the dates, and yeah. we'll just go from there. So it's happening in Logan at Utah State University. Um, there are pre-conference tours on the um, second and third, and then there will be the usual sessions on the fourth and the fifth, um, or sorry, third and the fourth, um, pre-conference tours before that, and then the, the um, sessions on Friday the third and Saturday the fourth, and a devotional on Sunday morning the fifth, and then a post-conference tour. So kind of standard format for MHA in that regard. Um, what's different this year is that we're planning it with um, the Center for Latter-day Saint Arts. And so um, as well as the usual history presentations, there's a big um, uh, exhibition of art in the Nora Eccles Harrison Museum on the USU campus that'll be open um, starting on the second. And then also there's a, um, a quilt exhibit there of quilts from the Cache Valley area, um, historical and recent ones. It'll be stunning. Um, and then a big concert uh, on the evening of the second with Craig Jessup, the former director of the, the group formerly known as the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I can't get their current name right, um, but it was the Mormon Tabernacle Choir when Dr. Jessup was conducting. So I think I can, can call it that. Um, I know, I don't know the whole program they're doing, but I know there'll be a lot of music of Leroy Robertson, who is a mid 20th century composer of um, some really great um, Latter-day Saint music and um, knowing Claudia, I can guess that there will be some audience sing-along involved. Um, there usually is when Claudia is there. <laughs> well, I'm looking at last year's, the poster they gave us to, to preview, and it's called Landscape, Art, and Religion, the Inner Mountain West and the World. That's that's the theme, right? Right. And, and so art's going to play a major role, obviously, in this whole conference. So um, what what percentage of the um, presentations? This is this is just a ballpark. Like, what percent percent of the presentations would you say are going to be art related? I would say um, about a third. I'm just looking at we we sort of divided things into tracks as we were trying to organize the schedule to make to make it so that um, you know we wouldn't have too many of the same kind of session at the same time. Um, and so we have, there's one track that's um, visual art particularly, and then another that is um, literature and um, that kind of, of art. Uh, and between the two of those, that's, uh, that's a solid third of the program. It's about, um, there are 66 um, total uh, panels over two days. So 11 concurrent sessions in six different time slots. And every one of those time slots will have at least two um, and usually three uh, sessions devoted to art and literature of, of various kinds. Um, and you were mentioning to me off camera that this year is going, is, is going to have, didn't you say you're going to have over 200 presenters at this year's conference? Yes. Yeah, there are um, about, I, I think, at, at last count of the, the speakers who have, um, diligently filled out their speakers agreements, there are 216. Um, wow. And that's, that's almost everyone. Um, so, so that's a lot of, a lot of people involved in, in putting all of this together. 
Now, one of the things you had mentioned to me too is that this conference is going to be probably one of the most balanced conferences. Uh, it's it, and talk about that. Yeah, so the Mormon History Association has for a long time been aware of um, sort of the, the historical issue in, in Mormon history that, um, you know, for many years we did mostly institutional history. We did histories focused on the men who were in charge, and we focused a lot on the 19th century, sort of the founding of the church and the early Utah church. And um, so they've been aware of the need to increase the representation of different different kinds of experiences within the church. So, um, you know, the the experience of BIPOC people in the church, the, the experiences of international Latter-day Saints and, and Mormons, the experiences of Mormons who are not Latter-day Saints, right, that, that group, and then um, the experiences of women as well. And so um, this session, we, we had one track, um, you know, as, as we were organizing, devoted to um, sort of uh, topics related to race. And, and that's a full, that's like eight sessions. And then we have um, nine, I think, related to nine or 10 um, related particularly to, to women's experience. We have um, several sessions about the international church and then some others that are sort of very regional focused um, on, on you know, particular parts of the church that aren't Salt Lake, but are um, you know, especially related to the, the landscape of, of particular areas where Latter-day Saints have lived. Um, there are also, of course, some of the usual 19th century topics. We've got um, a few sessions on polygamy for um, people who want to discuss various kinds of polygamy, but also, um, interestingly, at least one of the panels on polygamy is all um, women uh, uh, historians, all, all women with PhDs talking about polygamy. So it's sort of, um, it, it's this, uh, uh, a much studied topic, but with the perspective of new kinds of people doing the work. So that's exciting. Um, and then there are several sessions on slavery in Utah and in the church and, and um, sessions on how Mormons got along with their um, neighbors in America, um, particularly in the 20th century. And then there's a lot about um, Mormons in various parts of the world. Um, there are a couple sessions on the um, experience of Pacific Islanders in Mormonism, um, Laotian Americans and their experience as being sort of double minorities within the church and within America. Um, so just a, a much, um, an excitingly broad um, set of perspectives on all facets of Mormonism. I just, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I was just wondering, are there, are there particular presenters who maybe our audience is not familiar with who are maybe presenting for the first time that we'd like to maybe highlight or talk about? Um, you know, there are so many. So um, many. Yeah. There, there are a lot of first-time presenters and um, lots of new faces. Um, one of the sessions that I'm especially curious about is um, several professors and I think students. I'm, I, I didn't memorize everyone's CVs, but there are several people who are affiliated with um, BYU-Hawaii and the University of Hawaii who are talking about um, this mosaic at uh, BYU-Hawaii that was um, created to depict uh, David O. McKay's arrival there. I've, I haven't seen it. I've never been to Hawaii, so I'm, I'm describing it based on their abstracts. But um, 
you know, it's it's a very much a mid 20th century piece with all the sort of insularity and um, sort of white saviorism that you might expect from that period. Um, but also, you know, all of the deeply good intentions and the unique um, Mormon perspective on who Pacific Islanders are, right? And, and what their heritage means um, for us in the church. So um, anyway, there's a session where three different professors are, are looking at this from art history perspective, from, you know, history of colonialism, um, it, just all, all different aspects of, of trying to, to parse this mosaic. And I love that both because um, this is, completely new topic for me. Like I'm, I'm very curious to learn about it, but also because I think it represents what we most want to be doing is bringing the expertise from multiple fields to look at our heritage and um, learn to both critique and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. That's great, that's great. You know, one of the things I, I, I wanna bring to people's attention as well is that I didn't realize it because I literally joined at the last minute um, to participate in the conference is that the, the Mormon History Association is an academic conference, but it's open to the public. So you can become, a, as a layperson, you don't have to have a PhD or anything like that. You can just join the Mormon History Association and maybe talk a little bit about how open you guys are to just to anybody. Yeah, um, this is one of the things that I love about um, Mormon history as a field um, and, and Mormon studies generally, but Mormon history in particular is that um, there have always been um, a mix of institutional historians who are employed by the church in one way or another, academic historians who are trained in, you know, other fields of history, but have brought that expertise to bear on Mormonism, often because they are themselves Latter-day Saints or were, were raised um, with a connection to Mormonism. And then also um, really skillful amateur historians who um, you know, started doing their family history, got interested in those stories, and then, you know, learned to be rigorous about their work and to, to start employing the tools of historians that they, um, that they saw. And so there are lots of people, I, um, I didn't, I didn't sort of look to see uh, what the breakdown is between people with academic affiliations and not, but I guess that it's, um, half and half or, or pretty close to that, um, you know, maybe 60, 40, but um, I've, I've really loved always the way that the Mormon History Association has preserved space for skilled amateurs to, to do history and to participate and to, um, to learn. And so I think, um, uh, I think that, that it's especially accessible as, as academic conferences go and people um, list either their academic affiliation or their hometown on um, their name tags. And lots of the academics just chose to list their hometown because it's a way of saying, you know, wherever you're from, we're glad to have you here and, and you are welcome. And we're not, you know, super bugged about credentials or the lack thereof. Um, which is good since I have no history credentials. Well, that's great. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that when I talk to evangelicals who are like, okay, what are you doing again? And you know, I don't understand this. And, and, and but I, I've talked to uh, other evangelicals who are engaging um, Mormonism and the restoration of the people and attending their churches and trying to understand. I said, one of the greatest things about entering into the, the restoration or into that world is how nice the people are. And I'll tell you, some of the nicest people I ever met were at the Mormon History Association. So you, you genuinely are going to be just around really, really nice people. And in one sense, you'll feel uplifted because you're 
there with other nice people. And, and I just think that that's like such a cool thing that I took from the whole conference as well. Yeah, I, um, you know, that is generally true of, of Mormons that they, they um, at least intend to be nice most of the time. Um, I think what's different about the Mormon History Association in some ways is that people are nice, but they also are having hard conversations and mm. are willing to look at things and aspects of our history that aren't nice at all. Um, and um, that is also uplifting and inspiring to me, at least, to, yeah. to see people trying to grapple with the hard stuff while also valuing each other and each other's perspectives. So I had Chris Bench on um, to talk about his father um, and his legacy and also the future of land uh, of benchmark books. Mm -hmm. um, and he mentioned that they will, and, and how I met them was at last year's Mormon History Association because they had a vendor's booth. Now I just, I was just talking to you off camera because one of the groups that wasn't there last year was the University of Illinois Press. And you're telling me that this year they're going to have a booth there. Maybe tell me, give me, uh, tell me some of the vendors of booths that are gonna be there as well. Yeah, um, I haven't seen all of the um, signups for vendors, but typically um, there are a dozen or so. Um, Greg Coford books will be there. Um, uh, the Latter-day Saint Historians Press, Neil M. Maxwell um, Institute had, a, had exhibitors there last year. I know University of Illinois Press will be there. Um, in force this year because they are doing, we're having a session on the um, Introduction to Mormon Thinkers um, series that, that my book is part of. Um, so, so we'll have me and uh, George Handley and Mike Austin and Christina Rossetti talking about the first four books in that series. Um, and uh, Allison Searing, who's the acquisitions editor for University of Illinois Press, um, who does Mormon stuff, will be there. Um, I, I, I'm sure that I'm sliding people, um, yeah, but just because I don't have that list, but it is wonderful to, I, I often uh, miss a session or two because I get lost in the exhibitors hall talking to people about all the amazing books that are mm -hmm. there. And I actually have finally gotten smart and started bringing an extra bag with me to carry mm -hmm. home all my books Excellent. that I buy there. So it is a, it's a great place to find out what's going on in Mormon historical work and Mormon studies generally from the, the vendors. Great, great, yeah. I'm and Chris always brings candy, so Who I does? often Chris bench, so oh. I often hang around the benchmark table. Sometimes awesome, awesome. Now, now I, I, are there still openings? Like, if, if now we're going to probably be airing this on Tuesday the seventeenth, are there openings for vendors if they wanted to sign up, or is that past? I I don't know, unfortunately. Okay. Sorry, I um my expertise, right. such as it is, is limited to what's on the what's on the program. Um, but people could certainly um get in touch with Carrie Ann. Um, and ask her. You just go to mormonhistoryassociation.org and there's con contact information there and you can find out. Great, great. So I'm going to leave a link to, to the uh, website as well in the uh, show notes. So, I, you know, I, I've never been to Logan, Utah. Have you, have you been to Logan before? Um, once when I was about eight years old. <laughs> okay, so you and I really don't, I was going to ask you, can you tell me some highlights about Logan? But no, I, no, I'm I'm the wrong person. But there is that um, pre-conference tour, um, but but it's a it's a beautiful campus. I do remember um, that I loved the campus, and um, what I remember most, of course, because I was a little kid, is the Aggie ice cream that you can get in the creamery there. That's you know from 
because because uh, Utah State is was the agricultural college in Utah, so they have a farm and you know so they've got their own cows to make ice cream, and they also used to have and I think they still do um, a bakery where they made this amazing bread, and you could just get a big hunk of bread and butter. And I, I used to always say I was going to get married in Logan so that I could have them cater my my wedding reception. I just wanted to have bread and butter and ice cream, but things didn't work out that way. <laughs> and. Just real quick, Patrick Mason, right? He's the the chair, um, right. uh, to, to, uh, for the He's, was it Mormon Studies at Utah yeah, State? Yeah, he holds the Leonard Arrington Chair of Mormon Studies at at Utah State. Leonard Arrington's papers are there, I believe. Um, he was a professor there for many years. Um, so there's you know deep, deep uh, Mormon history associations with Utah State um, that will be highlighted. Yeah, that was the highlight. That was see, you guys stand now. I used to be involved in politics. And I would, I would go to tons of different conferences. And this was very eye-opening. One, there was no open bar. Um, <laughs> and, um, and the biggest thing was at the very end, Patrick Mason goes and hands out the ice cream. And boy, I'll tell you, I've never seen so many adults scurry for ice cream. They were like kids. <laughs> it's like, this is a, ice cream's like a big, big deal in Utah. It, it is. I, yeah, ice cream is a very big deal. We, we take, it's, you know, it's really the only vice we have left. So <laughs> we take it seriously. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So yeah, I didn't know that there was the ice cream civil war of Utah or the ice cream wars where everybody. Yeah, BYU Creamery in Utah State. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, I, um, I just want to mention, you know, of course, I have a lot of evangelicals um, that are, have found my program and are actually doing a lot of their research on Mormonism by watching my program and listening to the podcast, watching it. And uh, I just want to tell evangelicals out there that um, check it out. Because I'll tell you what, if you want to meet some nice people and you want to have some very interesting conversations, I would like for this year, for me not to be the old, well, of course, Sandra Tanner was there last year and I was there and there might have been one or two, uh, there was a Mennonite. I had uh, Rebecca Jensen on, who Jensen, who uh, I had her on about, uh, but she was a Mennonite. And then Christine Rossetti is a Catholic. Um, and I know there was a handful of others, but hey, evangelicals, why don't you come out and make a uh, make yourself known and 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 engage this conversation? And 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 evangelicals uh, would be welcome at this conference. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. See, I see all these things you think about on the God makers, and that there's all these scary things about the Mormons, and a lot of these evangelicals are. You're gonna find out really, really quickly that uh, that's not really an accurate portrayal of these people. And one of the things I really like is like you had said. Uh, these conferences are not afraid to tackle the the hard issues, um, the historical issues, um, and it is done in a respectful way, of course. But it's just I think it's important. Like how I mean, you know, Sandra Tanner said, you know, when you first started going to the Mormon History Association back in the seventies, it was almost like a, a, a general conference. It was very reserved <laughs> and stuff, and it's become more and more open to outsiders. Maybe talk a little bit about just how the kind the role that the Mormon History Association has had in in pu pushing the conversation. Yeah, um, I, I think um, there's been room be because academic discourse gives people a, a sort of a floor for civility, like and and a a way to step back a couple steps from sort of devotional histories there's been there's been space to to start speaking in a less um a less devotional register and also 
um, I think particularly since maybe the 80s and 90s, instead of um, sort of a sort of lining up what people did in Mormon history on a straight line from faithful to anti-Mormon, which is how people often, I think, conceptualized it. I think we finally have, we're getting a little bit three-dimensional, right? We, we recognize that you can do history that is from, you know, the perspective of a Catholic looking at fundamentalist Mormons, for instance, Christina's work, or um, uh, people looking at the community of Christ. For a long time, we had um, lots of participants from community of Christ, and they um, eventually got their own John Whitmer History Association, and, and so more of them are doing their things, but we still have um, other members there, and, um, you know, we've just figured out that that there's an array, that there's a whole, you know, wide field, that it's not, it's not a line, and, and we've gotten more comfortable. I think um, MHA was maybe the first mostly Mormon gathering where we got comfortable serving coffee um, because of Jan Ships. <laughs> um, you know, she used to, to joke that she had, had brought coffee and, and uh, that that was good for the Mormons to see that no one was going to die because there was a coffee pot in the corner. And, um, you know, I just think it has generally been a space where, um, where people could talk about their church and their faith, but not necessarily in the context of defending it, just explaining it. And um, I, I think that's usually a good, a good place to go is that when, when you're explaining rather than defending, then people can learn on both sides of that. Great. So, hey, I just, uh, I wanted to know, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to cover in this interview? Um, just uh, the one thing is that there are a bunch of really great um, plenary speakers. So um, Catherine Lofton is coming from Yale to talk about um, the history of the Mormon smile. And I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, maybe something about us being nice or, or maybe not. I don't know. Um, maybe we're going to talk about Mitt Romney's hair and teeth. I'm not sure um, what her focus is in that lecture, but she's always really um, fascinating to listen to. Um, Jared Farmer, who wrote, um, uh, what's the name of his, On Zion's Mount, his book about Mount Timpanogos, which is sort of an um, anthropological and archaeological, nobody else is like Jared Farmer. It's very hard to, um, to categorize, but he'll be there speaking about sacred groves and wicked problems. Um, and uh, then Laurel Thatcher Ulrich is um, giving another plenary called 15 Going on 17, Mutual Improvement in the 1950s. So I think that corresponds roughly with her own personal experience, um, but also with her vast knowledge of Mormon women's history. So, um, so those are going to be great. And there's concert art, fantastic plenary lectures, and 66 sessions that will have something for everyone during the program. That's great. Um, okay, so oh, and is it just out of curiosity, is there daycare available at this conference? No, um, we didn't have space mostly um, because we had <laughs> 66 sessions. We ended up using all of the space we had booked for, for sessions. Um, so unfortunately there, there will not be, although in the sessions where I'm not talking, I am always, always happy to hold a baby. Oh, um, so so there's that. that. That's great. So we have we very little. Landscape, Art, and Religion, the Inner Mountain West in the World. It's the 57th Annual Conference of the Mormon History Association. It will be held in Logan, Utah, at Utah State University, and will take place over June 2nd through the 5th. Uh, so folks, check it out. 
Um, I just want to ask you, was there any final words you'd like to share with the audience? I think we've covered, covered, the, covered the landscape as awesome. it were. Awesome. So thank you so much uh, for coming on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So Thanks. I just want to remind my audience to like and subscribe. Don't forget to hit the notification button for when a new video comes out. Uh, we are on all the major uh, platforms. We just got added to Odyssey. So uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, you name it, Spotify, we're on there. And about 25% of my audience now is listening to us on the podcast. Uh, we're averaging about 1,000 uh, views and downloads a day. Um, I'm very excited about the direction this channel has gone. Um, and I just want to thank my audience for the Patreons. Uh, you can support us on PayPal as well as with Patreon. The merch store doesn't just have hats. It has a full array of mouse pads, t-shirts, hoodies. Somebody just ordered a hoodie yesterday. Um, and so if you want to go to mormonbookreviews.com and check that out as well. And also the book contest. You have to have your entry in by May 31st for the drawing. And maybe somebody who wins might be actually at the Mormon History Association. I can personally present that these books to you. So either way, have yourself a great day and be well.